0: Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. We're at episode number 1,553. Three and we interrupt this Resistance Week series of broadcasts to bring you an announcement. John Favreau has seen fit to say, hey, I've got something to tell everyone about, so why don't I just decide, out of the clear blue sky, I'm sure this really isn't the dialogue that happened, <laughs> I'm going to decide to tell everybody what my big Star Wars live-action series is about. So, he took to Instagram and posted a photo that is, you know, that's not the exact font but hey I'm sure he didn't necessarily have access to it on his phone it's darn close enough yellow text on a black background and he has revealed what the premise of the new Star Wars live-action TV series is going to be the one that is heading to Disney's direct-to-consumer streaming service that debuts in the fall of 2019 so here you go the show is going to be titled dun-dun-dun the Mandalorian and here without any further ado is the description of the show as written by John Favreau. He says, After the stories of Django and Boba Fett, another warrior emerges in the Star Wars universe. The Mandalorian is set after the fall of the Empire and before the emergence of the First Order. We follow the travails of a lone gunfighter in the outer reaches of the galaxy, far from the authority of the New Republic. Now, just a brief reminder, he says that it is after the fall of the Empire, but before the rise of the First Order. This is supposed to take place, at least as far as we know, on or about starting in 11 ABY, which would put it seven years after the fall of the Empire and the Battle of Endor, six years for that matter, after the events of Star Wars Aftermath and the signing of the Galactic Concordance that officially ended The hostilities, you know, not necessarily really ended the hostilities, but by, you know, legal documentation, (laughs) at least, between the Empire and what was the Rebellion, what is now the New Republic. So six years after that series, and there's a lone gunfighter kicking about. It's interesting that it says Django and Boba Fett, which... Obviously, those are probably the two best-known Mandalorians wearing any sort of armor and kicking around the galaxy in one way or another. You know, you read it, though, and it's almost like your instinctive reaction is to think there's another fet, you know, there's another clone kicking around, another child of <laughs> of Jango or Boba or something like that. But, you know, I, I find that to be unlikely. And the other conspiracy theory that you could throw out there is about a character named Cobb Vanth. Now, I mentioned Cobb... Or I mentioned, I should say, Aftermath as part of, you know, explaining where in the timeline this is taking place. Well, if you... Don't recall us talking about this on the podcast, and, you know, it would have been a number of episodes ago. Um, And if you haven't read the Aftermath novels, then, you know, this will be new news for you. But there are a bunch of interludes in between the main story of Aftermath and taking place with a lot of different characters over a lot of different planets. And one of those situations was on Tatooine where the Mandalorian suit of armor presumably belonging to Boba Fett it isn't stated outright in the novelization but a Mandalorian suit of armor that we are all presuming is Boba Fett's it is acid-stained and all beat up is found inside a Jawa Sandcrawler and a guy named Cobb Vanth ends up taking it and becoming a lawman as it's stated in Aftermath for a place called Freetown on Tatooine. So so far Cobb's whole deal on there is to just protect Freetown and there's not really any indication given that he's going to decide hey you know I got this Mandalorian armor I'm just going to go off to other planets and whatnot but be that as it may I have to say that the moment I read this I immediately thought of Cobb and like you know he has that same kind of uh, lone gunfighter kind of presentation in Aftermath, but I have a feeling that's really not what we're going to be dealing with here. I think we're going to de- be dealing with a true Mandalorian character. And it's probably worth pointing out that Mandalore itself is located in the Outer Rim, so this lone gunfighter and his travails in the Outer Rim, well, that you know certainly includes Mandalore, so that could be definitely a part of the equation too. The other thing that's worth considering in the whole history of Mandalore is that the Empire had pretty tight control of Mandalore, and you know there were certain Mandalorian clans that had actually sided with the Empire. And Sabine's family, Sabine Wren from Star Wars Rebels, was leading you know a rebellion on Mandalore, and we don't necessarily know how that turned out, but you would have to imagine that. At some point, the Empire would have to have been kicked off of Mandalore as part of everything going on with the switch over to the New Republic. That being said, the Outer Rim territory is, you know, a bit of a Wild West situation, and there are probably remnants of the Empire that were still hanging on in various places in the Outer Rim. And it's always those Outer Rim territories that, you know, ne- didn't necessarily get. All the attention from the original Republic the Galactic Republic before the Empire and then you know once the Empire fell it was those Outer Rim territories that were comparatively neglected in the New Republic and where the First Order was able to make its first forays into the galaxy into the known regions if you will out you know out of the out out of the <laughs> unknown regions excuse me so you know there is There's not going to be necessarily anything First Order related in this thing, but we could still see Remnants of the Empire represented in this series. And I think I've already said, you know, his travails, but in truth, the description does not identify a gender for the character, so can't really say his or her at this point. There are, of course, rumors kicking around about whether anybody from Star Wars Rebels that we've seen already might be involved in this, including Sabine Wren. And, you know, the last we saw Sabine, it was, you know, after the fall of the Empire, and she and Ahsoka Tano were about to go searching for Ezra, so, you know, a lone gunslinger doesn't necessarily suggest that, you know, this character is going to be going around with a, you know, light side force user, so... You know, I suppose there is a possibility that Sabine Red could be the character of record here, but I find that to be highly unlikely, though it certainly would be a fun situation. Uh, Bo-Katan, who is also another prominent Mandalorian character who's mentioned in Star Wars Rebels, you know, another possibility there, too. The whole lone gunslinger thing, though, just that idea basically tends to suggest that it's somebody who's not going to be connected with the larger story and in fact you know that's sort of what Star Wars and what Lucasfilm has been leaning toward at least in the conversation that it's been having about some things about wanting to establish characters and situations that are not connected to the saga in such a straightforward way. So it seems like, you know, it would make more sense for it to be an unrelated character and one that we haven't yet met. And so that right there is, at the moment, all the news that's fit to print about Star Wars The Mandalorian. And I'm sure that if John Favreau decides to release more details or if the fine folks at Lucasfilm do, then we will be talking about it here on the podcast But for now, we will end it here and we will resume with Resistance Week tomorrow. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode, as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be.